I'll start with an anecdote, like I normally do. Is that how we normally start? Have we decided? I don't know if that's how we normally start. We've started like that plenty of times before. Oh, well, I guess we'll just start with an anecdote from you from now on, forever, because that's the way we've always done it. No, I won't always. No, I won't always No, no, we're going to start. Let's just do it. Go. Now. Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast about how to be a grown-up gamer and still go to work and get sleep. With your hosts, Cody Goff, Hello, hell. and Jonathan Martin. You're going to be my meat in my Jonathan sandwich. Check out our website at gamelifebalance.us, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, and more. I'm Stargate Pioneer from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeek.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in three... I'm not I'm not always going to have an anecdote, but I have an anecdote now. I actually had a meaningful a meaningful exchange with our sister podcast in Australia on the Twitter. We tweeted at each other. It was 140 characters or less. I think it was less. Mm-hmm. But but um the uh, uh, AC AC Yoshimura, one of the hosts of Game Life Balance Australia, had tweeted that he was singing to his daughter uh, waltzing Matilda, and she fell asleep. And I don't know if you're familiar with waltzing Matilda, but it is a traditional Australian kind of folk song. You've pr- you had to have heard it. You've heard of waltzing Matilda, right? Is it the one about the shrimp on the Barbies or the fire tornadoes? That's the exact one. It's the one about the shrimp tornadoes, right? It actually com- it combines the two concepts. So so anyway, I, you know, he was he was singing waltzing. It's a beautiful song. I I love it. It's a great song. Uh, simply tremendous. But uh, I was thinking after we had this exchange, I said, yeah, that's really cool. Like he was singing this Australian folk song. I, you know, I sing songs to Max all the time, but there's no, I don't know, there's no American folk song, some sort of traditional American hymn that I can sing. And so I was thinking what... Home on the Range. So Home on the Range is the second option. The, the That was the second option I was thinking of. The first thing that came to mind, Cowboy by Kid Rock. So I think that the next time that I sing a lullaby to Max, it's going to be Cowboy by Kid Because what better encompasses all of the spirit of America than a song about being a cowboy sung by somebody from Detroit, Michigan. I think that nothing better. I think that that's truly, I think that that is representative of the United States. I mean, I think a close second would be Behind Blue Eyes, but not the original, the Limp Biscuit cover. Yeah, Limp Biscuit, also a truly american great band i mean i'd say my name is kid by kid rock would be uh also an appropriate song but i feel like it's more it's more inward focused Mm -hmm. whereas whereas cowboy is really speaking to and about the country in general so i just i i I was just i'm a little sad that we don't have i mean there is there is american pride but it kind of pales in comparison when you have like national songs like waltz and matilda that are just Really great songs. There's a lot of traditional Irish folk hymns Irish. that I've sung over the course of my, over the course of me singing, and like the, they're they're beautiful and they're they're old and they're incredibly traditional. Maybe part of it is just because America is a very young country in this grand, grand scheme of things. You know, London Bridge is about World War Two. London Bridge is falling down. Is it, it's falling down though, right? So it's a allegory. No, maybe it's maybe it's an allegory about the plague. It's it's about, it's it's literally about either the plague or bombs in World War II. I think you're thinking of Ring Around the Rosie, which is I think about. The I was plague. thinking of Ring Around the Rosie. No, that's about Rosie O'Donnell. So anyway, thanks for joining us here on Game Life Balance, a video game podcast. Well, it's a lifestyle podcast. We're Sometimes not, we have not been a video game podcast in two years. It's a lifestyle podcast where we occasionally talk about video games. I'm Jonathan Martin, one of the hosts of Game Life Balance. This is Cody Goff, the other host of Game Life Balance. U.S., we are the U.S. branch. I did mention that we have an Australian branch of our podcast. I would say we're the far more attractive branch. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion, I guess. (laughs) Mostly me. You took a sip of your water. I wasn't sure if you were going to keep going about branches. Yeah, mostly 
mostly me. Uh, we have not done this in a long time. We've not recorded in about a month, actually. We we generally release episodes right after, shortly after they are recorded. We don't do the whole, we'll record 10 episodes and release over the next two months. Although that would be far more time efficient. I would like that, but we don't do that. I I think I think that the week that we were set to record, I was actually on a real vacation, like a real life vacation where I traveled away. I was not working and I traveled out of Minnesota and I will talk about that later. But that would have been a week that we were supposed to record and then it just kind of threw everything off. So you're yeah, welcome. So we have a lot to catch up on. So this entire episode will all be exposition. We're not going to have time for jokes or stories. It's just going to be fact after fact. In fact, I've scripted it. So very soon I will start to read the essay that I wrote. I am excited about this. It's, it's five paragraphs. There's an introduction. Mm-hmm. It includes what I'm going to talk about in each of my three paragraphs. So each paragraph contains a topic, a topic sentence. sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. It'll tell, you, it'll tell you what you are going to be finding in the paragraphs that I wrote. The fifth paragraph will be a conclusion that summarizes the previous three paragraphs and ties it together in a nice final thought. Oh God, I love conclusions. I love conclusions. I think of all the parts of a, of a, of a five-paragraph essay that I would read, I think the conclusion's my favorite part because you can derive so much from it, rendering essentially the rest of the essay completely superfluous, excessive. I'm still... I worked very hard on the essay that I'm going to read. No, that's fine. I'll still listen to the other paragraphs. But, well, I guess I'll let you start with some of, of the essay things and preface that by saying that also in this episode, we have some current news regarding potentially, if we have time for it, some dumb video game thing that happened. But also a kind of exciting thing that's happened with our podcast where we are being... I guess, kind of featured on a new evolving podcast platform that's kind of neat and and nice for us. So we'll, we'll share that. And then at the end of this episode, we'll talk about Balancing Act as a segment where we talk about how what video games we've been playing lately and how we've enjoyed them and maybe give a couple tips for what you should be playing. But we will launch, I suppose, right into Life Stuff. Perfect. So I went to Florida for a whole week. What? I went in mid-March. It was like the second week of March or third week of March or something like that. And it was 40-ish degrees or 45 degrees still in Minnesota. And we went down to Florida and it was 85. That's warmer than 40. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's that's math right there. That's That's very good that you recognize that. So my parents have some friends uh, that they know from church that that have a, they call it like a winter home down there. But basically what they do is they lend it out to people from their church for weeks at a time. The best part about it was off the back of it was an in-ground pool and a hot tub. And it was covered in something called a lanai. Do you know what a lanai is? No. Okay. It's a very fancy sounding word. And it basically just means an entire screen enclosure around a very large area. So the entire... And they were all over down there. I had actually never seen them before. But they were all over the place. Because there's a billion bugs in Florida. There's more than a billion. There's probably trillions of bugs in Florida. And if you want to enjoy being outside at all, you have to have a way to cover yourself. So these lanais are these giant mesh enclosures that... I don't know. They could be the same size in terms of square footage as the houses that they're attached to. Wow. Because they enclose the entire area around people's pools. Because everybody's got a pool down there. 50% of the houses probably have pools. So there's this giant lanai that keeps all of the bugs and, and crap out of the pool. And so every single day was spent with, uh, you know, Casey, my wife, and then my, my son Max and I. We were basically in the pool for up to four hours a day, which was great. And then the ocean was about a 20-minute drive from where we were. So two days, we also got to go to the ocean. And I got to watch my son kind of experience the ocean for the first time, uh, which was a hilarious thing. Wait, what? did You know, you did that in California. So he didn't get to go in, though, because it was wintertime and it was cold. You got cold feet. 
I don't remember this being this bad. Was this always this bad? Finish your story. We're halfway into the episode and you haven't even gotten to the punchline. There is no punchline. It was just a vacation. That just sounds like a lame vacation if there's no punchline. <laughs> Trip was good. We're all good. It's time to come home. Vacation's over. Everybody's sad because vacation's over. Get to the airport. Our flight's supposed to leave at, I want to say it was like 1 o'clock. So we get to the airport at 11.30 and we're going to be flying to New Jersey and we're going to have a two-hour layover in New Jersey. And then we're going to fly from New Jersey to Minnesota. And we're going to get in around 10 o'clock. Wow. It's going to be a very long travel day. It saved a bunch of money. So we get in and we get through security and everything. And we find out that our flight's been delayed by an hour and a half. So we're freaking out a little bit because we were set to have a two-hour layover. And suddenly our layover is a half an hour. And I've been on enough delayed flights and canceled flights to know that a lot of times there's not just one delay on a flight. So there is a very good chance where we're feeling that we're going to miss our connecting flight to Minnesota, which is a terrifying prospect when you have a kid. So we sit around the airport. Something very interesting that happened while we were at the airport, just as an aside. My wife went to go get us food, and she's standing in the Sabaro pizza line to get some pizza, like you do. And uh, apparently some guy in front of her looked at her and he's like, hey, pretty lady, you can get in front of me. She's like, okay. So she she gets in front of him. He allows her to budge. And it's uh, this big this big guy with a couple of bodyguards around him. And she like did a double take and she turned around to like face him. And apparently he's just like staring right at her chest. Didn't even look her in the eye. But she realized that it was DMX. What? Yeah, literally DMX was in the same terminal as us for whatever reason. So what was going on? Again, this is just an aside. This has nothing to do with anything other than we saw DMX. But apparently he missed his fight. He was on his way to Rhode Island to play at a casino after playing at some club for spring break. And his flight got delayed. And so he and his manager... And like these two guys were all trying to find a way to get him to Rhode Island so he could play this casino that night. So anyway, we're sitting in the terminal and watching them like frantically try to figure out how to get a flight. DMX is DMX is not doing any of the work because he's DMX, but he's sitting there just freestyle rapping to himself the whole time that we're sitting there and like hitting his bodyguards and stuff on the chest. It was, I, I don't know what he was doing. Also, he looked really old, like really old. Like, DMX is looking old. Wow. So, anyway, Casey got all excited because she said, I can die a happy woman. DMX hit on me and stared at my chest. So, anyway, the DMX thing happens. We get on the plane, and we get delayed on the tarmac once we get on the plane for about 20 more minutes, which is even more stressful because you can't get off the plane, you know, like... If as people with anxiety already, like that is a well, you diff- can you can get off the plane. All you have to do is refuse to get off the plane. Did you did you fly United? We actually did fly United. Oh, I never no. went to fly United again. No, you didn't. Oh no, I did, and they were, I did, and they were the worst. That was the worst flight. So so not, this was before all of this stuff just just came out with United and that video, but. It was the worst, one of the worst flight experiences I've ever had. And that's not an exaggeration. Oh, good. So, so we finally take off. We're supposed to land with about a 15-minute layover. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. We touch down, and we get in there, and we get to the board, and the flight to Minnesota has been delayed by two hours. Perfect. So, we don't have to so run. Our, we didn't have to run, but it, tur- it means that we, you know, when you step back for a second, I have a, th- I have a three-year-old. Max is three. There's not a lot of reasoning with him. It means that our... Our already like seven to eight hour day travel day with him is going to be turning into a 12 hour travel day. Not to mention it's like pouring rain in New Jersey. So a bunch of flights are getting delayed. Some of them are getting canceled. Go to a bar and New Jersey's got these weird bars in their airports where there's no servers. I mean, there's somebody who brings you your food, but everything is an iPad when you order at every restaurant. So you just like go there and you order something and then you swipe your credit card and then you leave a tip and then your food comes, right? It's like a, it's like a fast food, but it's like a fast food experience, but in like a restaurant environment. Did you, which, how much did you, did you do, tip? You, do you tip, right? Do you tip a normal amount for that? I mean, there's still somebody bringing you food and drinks, but they're, 
They're not like taking your order. They're not even really checking on you. I don't, it was weird. I tipped because I felt awkward not tipping, but I I don't really know what you're supposed to do. Like, was I going to get good service? I don't know. God, I hate this country. Sometimes. Yeah. So everything goes off leaving without a hitch, except that United has no TVs in any of their seats, which Max was using on the previous flight for entertainment. I'm, I'm talking about on the way down to Florida. There wasn't a TV on the way up to New Jersey either. So no TVs in the seats for United. Also, no power outlets. So we had brought a portable DVD player with some of Max's favorite DVDs to help keep him entertained on the flight. They don't let, like, the crappy DVD player that we bought doesn't last that long on a battery charge. And there's no outlets in the seats. Delta had both TVs in the back of the seats and outlets. Delta's fantastic. That's what we flew down there. So we get on the flight and Casey and I are doing, like, the battery rationing thing. Where it's like, okay, we can't use our phones at all because we need this battery life in case Max needs to use the phone to keep himself occupied. And we can't use the DVD player while we're waiting on the tarmac because we might need it for the entire flight as we're going from New Jersey to Minneapolis. So you can use your phone for the first 20 minutes of the flight and then we have to switch to my phone for the next 15 minutes. If he needs to, he can use the iPad. Anyway, we were kind of doing the juggling thing of battery life. And the flight's okay, except that it gets super incredibly bumpy like one of the bumpiest most turbulent flights i've ever been on no exaggeration we kind of bump into minneapolis keep bumping and max starts starts like crying at the very end and he's like super agitated at this point and suddenly he just vomits all over casey oh good um and so now there's puke everywhere so that's you know that's really cool i got like crusty jeans casey's got crap all over her max is now down to his diaper because we had to take everything off of him I've got a pukey blanket that's in my backpack now because I just kind of had to shove it in there because uh, we got it's it's his favorite blanket. We got to take it off and wash it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we can't leave it. So that's like shoved into my backpack with all my other crap. By the time we got home that night, it was midnight, which was a brutally, brutally long day. And my wife and I, after that, swore to ourselves that we were never going to book a flight with Max again, at least until he's older as a trip of the layover ever again because it's just too stressful there's too much that feels like it can go wrong to take chances on that kind of stuff not to mention i'm never going to fly united again well so yeah that was my that was my trip and my final travel day and it was unfortunate that that's how the vacation ended but that's how it ended well we'll take that as a public service announcement i suppose that no one should ever travel with a small child with a layover i suppose yeah, it was awful. How misadventurous. Well, has the rest of your month of March and the beginning of April been good? Because it's been a long time. Everything has been everything has been good, and there hasn't been anything else terribly exciting that's um, that's been happening other than that. I mean, that was such a, that was such a big thing that you plan a couple weeks in advance for a, a vacation like that, especially with a kid, and then when you're done, you kind of need a vacation from the vacation, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, that's been uh, it's been good. Good. Well. I lost 18 pounds. Shut up. Are you serious? Yeah. I was in horrible shape, I thought, at the end, uh, in like mid-February. Actually, right right before I, I proposed to Casey, I, was, I just hit that point where I just kind of hated myself a little bit, like kind of a lot yeah. with where I just... I just physically was not pleased and i was just like this is unnecessary wholly unnecessary so i did ddp yoga i started doing ddp yoga semi-regularly at the the last week in february and ddp yoga we've talked about it on the show before but it's diamond dallas page's yoga program i still swear the best physically i have felt probably in the past five years was at the end of a three-month stint doing ddp yoga really consistently it's the best I've felt physically. So I got a gym membership last October or November, and I went to the gym a bunch. And I was going regularly and saw a personal trainer a couple times and got on this plan and did all this stuff. But I didn't feel better. I was getting stronger with some of my muscles, but I needed more core work. And I, I felt like I, it just wasn't – I didn't feel great. It just – was is this going to be another endorsement for DDP yoga? No, so I did DDP yoga, but I coupled that with that's not the the main point. I coupled that with the whole thirty diet. Have you heard of this? 
Is that where you eat 30 eggs a day? 30 eggs a day every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it's it's a misnomer. It should be the whole oh 90. Oh, my God. That's 90 eggs a day. Yeah. How do you... That seems like so many eggs. It seems like a lot of eggs, but... Um, Can you cook them in different ways, or does it all have to be like one you way? You have to eat them with the shell on. So you don't even actually cook them first. It's, it's really weird. But that it, oh. it has nothing to do with eggs. That's not... That's not true. It's Oh, oh, it's where you eat all whole 30 grains, all 30 of the ancient grains. Is that how many ancient grains there are? Yeah, you've got your uh your couscous, your hummus, uh your lanai. Um I believe the lanai is a screen that extends over pools in humid bug-infested climates. Where'd you hear that? When I retire, I don't want to move to a place where there's insects literally everywhere. But what if you had a lanai? I don't have a lanai. Oh. You should should get a lanai. I'm not going to do that. Anyway. So Whole30 is... Continue. It's similar to the paleo diet, right? Paleo being basically you just eat... Dinosaurs. It's what the dinosaurs Well, you eat dinosaurs is the thing. And Whole30 is you can't eat... Whole30 essentially is you eat a lot of meat, fruit, and vegetables. What you can't eat, you can't eat legumes, which I don't even know what that means, but I didn't eat any. So that's fine. You can't eat legumes, grains, dairy, or sugar, basically, like artificial sugar. So almost all processed foods, most foods in restaurants, and bread, and pasta. So you, you can't really eat sandwiches and stuff. So like I said, it, it basically is fruits, vegetables, and meat. And Casey did it, God bless her, with me because she's a saint. And it wasn't that hard because you can eat as much as you want. You just can't eat crap. You're only eating naturally occurring fruits, vegetables, and meats. Sure. It does. does when, it's, when it says Whole30, are there like 30 foods you can eat? It's 30 days. And... It, the whole part, I don't know where that comes from. There's actually a whole book. It's a 100 or 200 some page book that talks about what it does to your body and all this other stuff. I ain't got time for that. Several of my coworkers have done it. One read the book. I asked for the Cliff's Notes. She said, do this, and I did it. That was kind of it. It is okay. really hardcore, though, about it insists that your body needs to kind of cleanse for the full 30 days. So if you accidentally eat anything with added sugar if you accidentally have bacon and on the back of the bacon packet one of the ingredients is sugar you have to start the whole diet over it's like you're back on day one because you have had any sugar ingested so it's really really strict and i didn't really participate as strictly as i could have i think i went out a couple times and i probably went outside of it but whatever but it worked, and I felt really good, and I coupled that with some exercise, and I lost. It was We did that the month of March. I was dining a bit before that, uh, so probably about five to six weeks. But yeah, I lost around 17 or 18 pounds. That's a lot of weight. Um, yeah. Congratulations. It, I feel like not awful now, which is good. <laughs> Because I'm going back to Drake for our 10-year reunion next month, and uh, I'm hoping that I look better than everybody else, which is really the only reason to lose weight, right? Yeah, no, you definitely need to impress everybody. It's, definitely, yeah. that's that's. And the timing worked. Gloating, gloating is the best. That's reason actually to very lose true. Weight. The timing worked out really well because Casey's birthday is the last week in February, and my birthday is the first week in April. So that gave us the month of March to do this whole thing, and we could still celebrate both of our birthdays. Perfect. But not saying. Can you drink? Can you drink alcohol? No, no alcohol. So zero alcohol. Did you actually zero alcohol? Oh yeah, we both zero alcohol. That's incredible. That's it's that's impressive. Not hard for me to give up alcohol. There were a few years in my early twenties where I gave up alcohol for Lent, just altogether. Yeah, I guess we're we're very we're very like get home and have a glass of wine type people though, mm. and I think there's plenty of people like us. So. I think Casey missed it more than I did. <laughs> I think a couple times she would have liked a beer after work. but And it does require a lot of preparation because you've got to cook every meal. But I did not eat out for lunch a single day at work all March. I brought lunch every single day. So that's cool. But anyways. And and that's unusual um, for you. I try to bring it when I can, but this was a much more strict version on that. 
So I do recommend doing the whole 30 and then there's variations. You can do a reintroduction where you kind of wean yourself back onto sugars for a couple weeks. I just went full in. I just started drinking excessively as soon as it was over. You got the you got the box of Hostess cupcakes. You opened every single one of them. You mashed them into a big cup, and then you put thirty eggs in there because you need to keep with mm-hmm. the diet. You need to keep. You need to continue to do the diet. You just are adding on the sugar. So thirty mm-hmm. raw eggs and a box of Hostess. So cupcakes. many. I couldn't even get. That's disgusting. That's that's. Just, Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> it's pretty delicious. Pretty delicious. Well, that, so that was the main thing I think that I did, and I at, that was for me. And uh, I encourage anyone out there. And it, it, was, it was it's weird. Since I stopped, it's been harder to convince myself to exercise even and to not cheat a little bit here and there. But when I go full all in on something, I am fully all in. I won't cheat. I'm really committed. That's just the way I work. You know, don't you feel like, I don't know, diet diets are really tough, tough for me to kind of buy into, I think, a lot of the time, because they're meant to be a, like a fleeting thing that eventually is over, whereas, you know, like, like changing your, your lifestyle, because you, like, doing this whole, whole 30 thing permanently would seems like it would be incredibly unsustainable like there'd be no way to do that because eventually you're going to have to go out to eat with your friends or your family unless you i don't know hate them all which is you maybe you do uh but but like generally it seems you make it sound like it'd be kind of an unsustainable thing i have a coworker that's been doing it for a few months now and it it is harder in social situations she said she just will eat first before dinner or she'll just get a salad. Yeah, but then you're the weirdo that comes to dinner and there's four people that order food and drinks and you're sitting there with your yeah, water. Yeah, I know. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a weird well, thing drinks, too. And I mean, no, you know, no. I mean, you, I think you can pick and choose. I think, I think strictly adhering to exactly the whole 30, I think you're right. But what it did, it, I actually had no sweet tooth after I, I got we went to beef a couple that we were in rock for the weekend after and I got a beef and cheddar and the gore, the most gourmet the most of gourmet meals. they're cooking it just for you at beef a uh, delicious fast food chain in Rockford go if you go if you're ever in the area and I got a beef and cheddar like I usually do and a thing of fries like like I would normally do and I got a mountain dew and I had two sips and I just dumped it out I it just tasted disgusting to me I love mountain dew so my palate my palate did actually change somewhat, and even when there's chocolate and stuff at work, like we've got we've got snacks in our little kitchen that that are usually provided for us. I don't ever have any inc- any inclination to have any of that. And for oh, you can have nuts. So for snacks at my job, they have a, a couple little snack things you can just kind of grab. And there are almonds and pistachios at my work that I can just kind of grab and take or whatever. And I I used to hate almonds, and now I eat almonds basically every day. So almonds, still somewhat caloric, and they have fat and stuff, but they're definitely healthier than me grabbing a Crunch Bar. They're very, they're very caloric, and they're very high in fat. They're very good. They're very. There's good no carbos. Welcome to the right side of the world in terms of food. Mm-hmm. Almonds are amazing. I'm glad that you have finally seen the light mm-hmm. and have come over to our side here. Uh, I work for Big Almond. I'm not going to hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you know that? To grow one almond, our friend Max told me this. He could have been lying. He was probably lying. Well, he's three, so he might have made it up. But apparently to grow one almond, it requires one gallon of water. And to grow one, and all the almond trees are in California. So when California was going through its massive drought the past year, growing almonds was incredibly expensive because it was a gallon of water per almond that gets harvested off that tree. And to grow a, I think it was a chestnut, it takes two gallons of water. Or something like that. Is it wal- walnut? Maybe it's a walnut. Walnut. To grow a walnut. It was two gallons of water. So he had a friend who just every time he went to the store bought some California walnuts. Just to kind of stick it to the man. He really stuck it to him. That is the worst thing you have ever told me. <laughs> it's incredibly important. I, there's so much to unpack there. I literally don't even know. Just like, get an almond tree. And water it a lot. Do apparently. almonds grow on trees? I don't even know. Is it almond? Where where, where else would they grow? Bushes out of the ground. Bushes. An almond bush. Yes. 
An almond bush. Yeah. Wait, are you saying you think I just made that up? Uh, is there a such thing as an almond tree? I'm first Googling of all, this. I'm in, I'm first curious. of all, I appreciate, I do appreciate your trust in me that I would be good enough at improvisation, me, an untrained actor unlike yourself, to make up a story as such. Almonds are grown in the Middle East and North Africa. Yeah, like I said. It's a On seed. trees. The fruit of the almond is a droop. Are you trying to droop me right now? What, I don't even know what you're looking at. Uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, that's definitely the, the best source to find I, out about al- almond trees. For some reason, I hate everything I'm seeing right here. It's talking about blanched almonds and the seed coat and a, the fact that it's, it's a I hard... Think you've di- I think you have dived, dove, divin. I think you've divin too deep. I think you're too deep right now. I think you need to come back to service. Today I learned that I have no interest in almonds as a scientific subject. Did I just ruin your diet? Did I just ruin your diet? No, I'm just going to switch to pistachios. Okay. And 30 raw eggs. Mm-hmm. Per meal. Remember. I did, actually, the, the number one uh, very consistent, very sustainable food habit is that every Sunday night I take a dozen, a dozen eggs, put them in a pot, boil them, Stick them back in the container, bring them to work, and I've got breakfast every day of the week. Eggs. Hard so boiled you have eggs. like two, two, two-ish hard-boiled eggs a day? Yeah, two-ish, and then a couple days I get three. I really do you wish... Have the little egg, do you have the little egg boiler device that tells you exactly when your hard-boiled eggs are done? No. Okay, I do it old school. That's, a, that's something, do you have that's one? something you need to get. Yeah, Casey bought one. I don't know. Apparently, like, it, it's just this little thing that you drop in the water, and once the eggs are perfectly... Hard boiled, it turns like a special color, and then you just take them out, and they're they're amazing. They're they're perfect and literally right every time. I will say, my fiance will occasionally boil eggs in the morning, and then I will have them before work, and she makes them perfectly. They are flawless. Maybe if she have, sneaks that device. That maybe she just sneaks that device into the water. She's not big on devices. <laughs> I don't know what that means. She's not really big on devices. She's not will, big on devices. That's, I will okay. say. That if you have any tips for boiling eggs or any commentary, you can email us at unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com or go to gamelifebalance.us and our various social media channels are on there and you can contact us and tell us about you, what you think of eggs. You've commented nice. on the YouTube video. I don't care. Whatever. There's stuff. There's pl- just, you know, tell us. That, fe- that feels like a very organic and natural place to plug that. That's perfect. Also, it was my birthday uh, one week ago today. Thanks for telling me happy birthday on the podcast. You turned like 20. It doesn't right? count 21? if you tell me happy birthday on my birthday. It only counts if you retroactively tell me happy birthday on the podcast. I'm not going to tell you happy birthday on the podcast. Well, I'm not going to tell you happy birthday on the podcast. You you don't have to tell me happy birthday on the podcast. Well, I do, but I'm not gonna now. So okay, well that makes me it makes me a little sad. It makes me a little sad. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, whatever. Um, this was tremendous. Can, can I also say so much has happened in the news just in the last 24 hours? My God, I don't really want to talk about it that much, but my God. Everything is Your birthday was tremendous or the news was tremendous? Everything. Or both were tremendous. Every time I go on Twitter, there's just something else. It's I don't I can't handle it. Anyway, I know. That's we we should we should actually speaking of things going on in the news, let's talk a little bit about our next segment, current news. You sent me this link. A guy on Kot- well, Kotaku reported it's on a it. Kota- it's a Kotaku article, yeah. A guy got to level 99 in Final Fantasy VII. Not that big a deal. But he did it in the first, uh, basically before the first save point. He did it in the first reactor. In the first, in the Midgar reactor, which is the beginning of the game. And he did it on a PlayStation 1. He did it without, like, an emulator fast-forwarding anything. It was a legitimate, like, on a PlayStation 1. Yeah. So no no emulators, no level boosts, no game shark right. or game genie type things, no cheating. Took him over 500 hours. Yes. 
to do that, that means he just entered 500 hours of battles with the same one to three configurations of enemies and probably just held attack the entire time because you don't really have magic at that point. You have nothing at that point. You have items. You have nothing. And did that for 500 hours. Yeah. Over like two years. Yeah. And he streamed some of it, apparently. Some some of it. Not all of it. Right. So I'm not going to comment on what... I guess, I don't know, time means to other people because if that if that for him was like a productive use of his time and he and he had it and he's able to live a normal life like that, then like good good on him if that's how he wants to spend his time. But holy crap to me, would does that feel like an incredible waste of time? Like as if as if you can, you know, you can already make the argument that video games are they could be a waste of time. I would not make that argument that argument could be made. But now you're taking like a video game and you're not even I don't know, you're not even doing anything with it. Like I don't I don't even know and you're not doing anything that requires any particular amount of skill. So we, you know, you and I when I showed you the story, you brought up speedrunning because it's kind of like a it takes a similar time requirement to to be a like world-class speedrunner and repetition. But at Right, but in that you are doing the whole game in in a way over and over and over again to shave like seconds off of it, and you're using ex- exploitable things, and you're using tricks that you have to a lot of times nail like on a particular frame of animation. Like there's there's that is it is a completely skill based type thing, whereas this just is like I, I don't even I don't even know what it is. I don't even know like what what he was trying to accomplish. I don't understand. I mean, unless it was treated as like a second screen activity, which I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't have been because there's no way that that as your primary focus could keep your attention, right? Certainly, I That couldn't. would be insanity. Actual insanity. I mean, yeah. The so very, I mean, he, he, he must have just been... He must have just been watching Breaking Bad. He was probably listening to every episode of Game Life Balance US. We don't have 500 hours of podcasts. Oh, was he listening to them multiple times? He could times? listen to Unqualified Gamers. We had 127 episodes of that. Oh, that's true. So that's that plus the thirty some episode. We're probably at a hundred fifty, hundred maybe a hundred fifty to two hundred hours ish total. So he would have to listen to those episodes over and over again. Could you imagine? I don't know how to listening. How do you two hundred hours of us talking two and a half times? I can't listen to us once. So no, no, I can't imagine. All right, that. what do you? How do you feel? about I hate this? it. I hate everything about it. I think it's dumb. I wish he had done anything else. <laughs> Literally anything else. Learn to play guitar. Masturbate for 500 hours. Yeah. Like, literally Even that anything. feels more productive. I can't. Do kegels. Did you just white... Maybe... Did you just white girl? Maybe, do maybe that's what he was doing while he was Did playing. You... Maybe maybe he is... That dude, maybe he has... Maybe he has the strongest kegel muscles now. That any, he, could, he could crush a walnut. He could <laughs> he could he could destroy Ron Jeremy. He he can put Ron that's Jeremy it. to shame. His That's right. That's your stature. That is what he did. Wow. That's impressive. Now I'm impressed. See, I wasn't impressed before until it started to involve the size of his member. And now now I'm just it always comes back to that with you every time we talk. So the actual current news that I wanted to talk about was you did you see the tweets I sent up before the podcast? I did. It's on Signal FM, right? Yeah. So actually, at Podcast Movement 2016, last summer, I interviewed Kim Hansen, the founder and CEO of Signal FM. It's a startup, I guess will be what it is, based in, what's the Canadian city by Seattle? Vancouver? London. London, right. London, Ontario, Quebec, Canada. I don't know. It's in Canada. They're in Canada. Toronto? It's, it's, It's Toronto, right? I'm really... I don't know. I, I know two cities. I know two cities in Canada. I know Toronto, and I know Montreal. And Vancouver. And Van... Yeah, because they're the Canucks. <laughs> How do you know what a Canuck is? I don't know what a Canuck is. I just know that that's their hockey <laughs> mascot, because I played NHL 96 a lot. There is a Canadian startup called Signal FM, and I interviewed Kim Hansen on this podcast, actually, last summer, and she was talking about launching this new podcast platform and kind of how she got into that. She's really cool. We've kept in touch, and their platform has rolled out this new feature that's very much in beta that they're trying out, where 
they are hoping to be able to offer my inter- this is oh by the way my understanding of what's happening so do not take this as an official company statement i do not work for them but what <laughs> what they're experimenting with oh no their shares are <laughs> dropping right now i can see it in real what time they're experimenting with at this moment is there's this feature where they tr- they took a transcription of one of our episodes it's episode 36 i think with the one where we talk about you buying a new suit gambling and and gambling in bars and casinos you talk about you buying a new suit and your wife winning a bunch of money at pull tabs in a bar in minnesota so they they have a transcription of that episode and you can you go and you can the words will kind of highlight along with the audio you see this in a lot of a lot of social a lot of news outlets are doing this on social media now where they'll have a video and everything has subtitles now because what they're realizing is people are seeing these videos in their feeds and they don't necessarily have the audio turned on so they can just watch them. And if, if you're on the train or in a busy place or you can't have audio on, you can still kind of follow along. So they're basically doing that with podcasts now. So if you go, you can watch us do that. You can watch the transcription of our show while the words follow along. And you can tweet little mini videos of those words with the words following along. So you can tweet the hilarious clips from that episode if you go to the url that i've been sharing all over social media and i believe it's pretty slick it actually looks really uh really slick when i was looking at the video yeah and it's in like super beta it's i think it's ultra ultra brand new i think they just rolled it out this week or something or it's really really new so um so you know if if you notice any kinks in it it's been relatively smooth from my experience but if you notice anything it's because it's an early build of course but um but yeah it's cool and you can go to uh signal.fm it's s-i-g-n-l because vowels it's it's a new it's a new technology product so right you eliminate vowels, vowels. Are, are very 1994 and so it's s-i-g-n-l.fm this is actually share.signal.fm slash game life 36 you're not going to remember that so i'll post links in the description so don't worry about it but it's, it's, it's share.signal.fm slash game life 36 and i'm having fun with it feel free to retweet me i'm on twitter producer cody john's on twitter ePlay game and we both retweet lots of things and i also you can i put it on facebook too so it's it's cool it's a fun thing and thank you to kim and to signal fm for allowing us to participate in in this testing out process and i hope that it, it works out for everybody and i'm excited to see what else they offer because it's really cool and you can check out the my interview with kim from last summer on our website game i fell inside us oh you just i thought you were gonna say something nope that was very that was very well said. We're all very Terrific. impressed. Great. All right. Final um, scene slash what is it segment? I guess is what we call the balancing act. What is it called, John? The balancing act. That's where we talk about how happy we are with our game life balance. Hey, that's the name of our podcast. Woo! And I'll let you go in a sec. All I have to say is a new Hearthstone expansion came out, and so my life is miserable. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. Before before you start, yeah. So before you start, I don't play Hearthstone anymore. But you know, Hearthstone is about as close as you get in a video game form to a uh, kind of like a tabletop board game uh, in terms of uh, specifically like collectible card games, which are in the same kind of sphere as a tabletop board game. So I follow it with an incredible like academic interest in terms of how they are creating new mechanics and then trying to balance those mechanics because I have a I have a significant interest in board game design. So yes, I mean it is something that I have been following. I like I probably know all of the cards. In fact, I I do. I know all of the cards for every expansion that comes out for Hearthstone. Wow. Even though I don't play anymore, you're a freak. So yes, I am. I am very. No, I'm not. I literally just explained to you why it interests me. Because you're a freak. There's nothing. Because nothing freakish about it at all. So yes, tell me about it. Why is it the best expansion that they have ever made? It's not fun at all. Neither is Hearthstone. I don't like that, Hearthstone. That's weird because that doesn't make it sound like fun. It's bad. It's really terrible. It's broken. Like all their expansions always are upon release. No, it's fine. I have nothing against Blizzard, right? Like, a lot of the Hearthstone community is very toxic, and they always decry everything they do. I I have a love-hate relationship with Hearthstone because I like the skill involved, but I am not good at it, 
and I hate that, and I, I hate people. They introduced a new mechanic. That sounds like that sounds like a problem with you. Yeah, shut up. It's, it, they introduced a new mechanic called quests. Each class has one available quest. A quest costs one mana. You always start with it in your hand. It's a permanent start in your hand card. So you pretty much always play it the first turn. And then you fulfill objectives that go towards completing the quest. And when you complete the quest, you get an overpowered card. So for Priest, for example, once you've played the quest, while the quest is active, after you play seven minions with the death battle ability, you get this card. And it goes in your hand, and it's a really, really, really powerful minion. It is cost five. It has eight attack and eight health and taunt, and that's already good. And it sets your hero's health to 40. All hero health is default 30, so this not only fully heals your hero, but it also boosts their health to 30% higher than you than than a hero normally gets so it's like really really good but if you don't get those death battle minions out quickly enough or you die before you get to play that card then you die basically so every everyone has a quest rogue is considered extremely overpowered right now and i guess a lot of people are complaining about it in the meta i built the legend rogue the rogue deck that everybody's using and i'm i can't win with it ever seemingly because i just always get a really bad draw so some reports say it's too it's too rng based it's too luck based basically other people say it's just overpowered in general i don't know i'm not uh i'm not a scholar of the game but i don't know i'm having a decent amount of fun with it so far it is nice to see more experimentation with decks and i think i'd have more fun with it if i experimented more with decks but right now honestly i'm having more fun in arena which is where you just kind of get 30 random cards and you basically just Mm -hmm. kind of play a somewhat balanced game to me that's been more balanced i think i'm just really bad at standard right now i'm just really really bad at it the theme of the theme of the new expansion too is one that i really like it's it's kind of the, it's kind of jungle dinosaurs and elemental themed because that was it's it's called Ungoro mm-hmm. something and the zone in uh, World of Warcraft was called Ungoro Crater and it was where a meteor fell and there were dinosaurs and stuff so it was it's a cool I think it's a cool theme too that I really like yeah. that's what kind of has me drawn to this expansion as again a, a an academic interest what I like about it right now is that it's very much a wild west and terms of decks our friend will refuses to use a quest deck and he says he claims he's been crushing everyone with his non-quest decks i've played him two or three times and i've used a quest deck every time and he's rolled me every time and this isn't standard so and i'm not experimenting enough i think i'd have more fun if i did that so if you're a hearthstone player or you're new to it or old or whatever and you're not loving the game right now try experimenting with decks more because you might be surprised what works I think there would be a really easy way to build a really, really powerful mage deck right now that is kind of a rush mage deck where you just kind of go in for the kill a lot. Possibly a mage secret deck where you're using a lot of secret cards. I think I have in my head somewhere rolling around the the outline for one, and I think it could be really, really good and really fun to play with because I love playing as mage because, I, I don't know, I'm eight. But um, I don't know. I, I think I think it's a good time to check out the game before everybody figures out and locks in the top two or three decks. That and that's the only person. thing that you see yeah. for the time thereafter, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, j- qu- quick question for how you play Hearthstone. So I know you like play a game here or there when you're, I don't know, taking a crap, etc. cetera. Um, the game gives you a quest a day for you to be able to complete for extra gold that you can then use to buy packs, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the treadmill that they give you. Um, I remember when I was playing Hearthstone, I would get my quest, and I would play the game with that quest deck until I had enough money for an arena run, and then eventually I would do the arena run, and I would be done again until I built up enough money for another arena run. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like the treadmill that I was using for myself. What's yours? Do you just continue to play I only use gold on arena. Okay, and then so is it kind of the same thing, or do you continue to play when you don't have any quests to do? When I don't have any quests to do, I switch to arena if I have any money. If I'm out of gold, then I'll maybe play a little bit of of standard, or I will start to play wild, which I preferred a while ago. I don't know if I'd prefer wild now, because God knows what that looks like at this point. But um, yeah, my thing is basically 
complete play a standard to complete the quests, play arena when I and, and I'll play arena to fulfill quests too. If if I mulligan my quest and my quest becomes uh win three games as hunter and I never play as hunter, but I happen to have chosen a hunter deck in arena, I'll do that. But sure. most of the time I use standard to complete the quests and then yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. So but I'm actually I think I'm six and one in arena right now, and I usually don't get past five. Five is five is pretty much my standard. I almost always get five wins, and then I'm cut off. So I have a pretty solid arena deck right now. I'm pretty pleased about. It. Now, watch, I'll probably lose the next two, but um, I don't know. It's it's fine. It's yes, I hate my life again because uh, I just I just I, there's you're playing Hearthstone again. There's just no mobile game that comes even remotely close to as rewarding or satisfying as this game. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. I mean, you it's know, really good. I, I could put Final Fantasy VI on my phone, and I love that game. But it it's just that's just like rereading a book or something, which can be fun or rewatching a movie. But like I, I know what I'm doing there. It's not challenging in the same way. Right. You're, you're not there's not so much critical thinking. So I I wish I wish there was a mobile version of Gwent because I've heard Gwent is really fun, but I haven't gotten into Gwent at all because they only have a desktop client. Okay, so and and that has basically been the only game you've been playing right now. I'm still working on Legend of Zelda: The Breath of the Wild. I'll hopefully be ready to review that. Hopefully, we can invite fellow Good and Geek Network member Chris Farrell onto the podcast to help me out. And hopefully, I'll be done in the next couple weeks, and we'll give a full review of that. But it is exceptionally good. Sweet, it's a good time. Now you've been playing something else too that you like. Um, I have I. What did we write down? Bayonetta. Oh, I didn't play. No, I haven't been playing Bayonetta. Bayonetta just came out oh. today. So Bayonetta is a game. It's an action game made by Platinum Games that came out in like 2011 or 2010, and it was. It's about it. It's about a, a witch who kills demons. I don't know. That like that's what it. it it's dumb. It, the story is ridiculous and over the top and hilarious and crazy. Um, but it was only for PS3 and Xbox 360. And then Bayonetta 2 came out, and Bayonetta 2 came out as a Wii U exclusive published by Nintendo. Because the first game, Bayonetta, didn't do great. And it wasn't going to get a sequel unless some kind of big company with deep pockets just took a chance on it. And Nintendo was like, hey, we need games for the Wii U, because we don't have any. So we'll publish Bayonetta 2 for you. So that was why it came to Nintendo. That's not important. The original Bayonetta just got released today on PC after an April Fool's joke that Bayonetta was going to be coming to the pay- to the mm. PC. And they didn't tell anybody. Like, literally nobody knew. So it just showed up on the Steam store today, which is really cool. Runs, it's apparently it's going to run in, in uh, like, 4K if you are able to run it in 4K. It's going to be a 60 FPS game on PC now. I'm super excited to play it again because it's amazing. It's legitimately the, the best action game I've ever played. It is amazing. So... That came out. But no, that's not what I've been playing. Actually, so when I was on vacation, I didn't bring any systems with me. I just had my iPad, which I guess you could call a a system, but it does a lot more than play games, obviously. But I started playing tower defense games again, specifically the good ones. I started playing uh, the the Kingdom Rush games again, and I just kind of tooled around with those casually over the course of the trip. And if you've never played Kingdom Rush on iOS, or it's also on PC now, but you should play it. It's the, I think it is the best representation of what a tower defense game is because it is very active as opposed to the general theme of tower defense, which is just a very passive experience. There's a lot of stuff you are doing um, throughout the course of the game. So highly recommend checking that out, Kingdom Rush. But the game that I've really been playing a lot of, and it's the game, you know, I wake up at four in the morning and play games. And then I've been playing games at night, too, occasionally. The game I've been really playing a lot of has been Heroes of the Storm again, which is a MOBA, a lot like League of Legends, with much faster matches. And our buddies uh, Will and John actually play it almost every night. So I've been playing with them most nights, and we can get a couple of games in, and it doesn't take a ton of time, and I've been playing it in the morning as well. And I... Um, it's probably the deepest now that I've ever gotten into the game. The game looks a little different than it did when the, when the last I played it, which was, I don't know, probably a year ago that I was kind of playing it in earnest. So um, it's really good. It's a really good MOBA. You know, it, 
League will always be my first. League of Legends will always be my first MOBA and, and my true love. But um, there's some stuff I really like about Heroes of the Storm. So I'm playing that a lot right now. Um, and I've been, I've, I feel like I have gotten a lot of really great playtime in on it. So what's your game life balance at? I feel like it's kind of like a nine right now. Me too. Me too. Even though it's just Hearthstone? But the Zelda time I'm getting is good too. And I've even, I had the okay. chance in the last couple of weeks, a few times to pop back into Final Fantasy fourteen, which, as you know... I'm sure that oh was really God, good I for you. I love that game so much. I will say it's just weird going from the Switch controller because it is legitimately one of the most... It just feels so comfortable. It's ridiculous. The fact that you can split it apart and just have one on your left and one in your right hand and just kind of lay back on your couch, it's so comfortable. But the buttons are really, really tiny. And I at first thought that would be really uncomfortable. I've already said on this podcast it's not. But when I switch back to the Xbox controller, now it just feels massive. And that's kind of funny. But but sure. I still love that game. And it, there's just so much reading, though. Sometimes I turn it on and I'll play for two hours and I feel like all I've done is read dialogue. That's kind which of interesting. I love. That is unlike Zelda. Uh, unlike Zelda, yeah, yeah. Which, and I love, I love the writing in 14 so much. But... I have to be in a particular place for it where I'm okay with a more chill experience. I mean, until I get to the next the next raid or dungeon or whatever that I can do, if it's just a lot of cutscenes and fetch quests and things, I'm invested in the story right. and I want to read that. So it's it's kind of weird. It's like I want to play the game, but it's kind of like reading a book, but that's okay. But if I just want to explore and kill things, then Zelda's probably more active. So, And if I just want to be miserable, I'll play Hearthstone. Perfect. Well, that's great. And you can play Hearthstone anywhere. It gives you the ability to be miserable everywhere. Yeah, thank God. Well, speaking of being miserable, other people that are miserable that were on the Getting Geek Network are other pod... <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> that was my attempt at a transition. That was That, that was my attempt at a transition. Uh, I, that was formal I training. I don't have anything. I don't have anything at all. Um, well, uh, so we're gonna we are on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com. They have a lot of geeky content that you can go check out. And there's a podcast called the Doom Ninja Podcast with Ryan Dombrowski and the Ninja Fat Man. They're awesome. They post once a week, and it's a video game and game development podcast from the perspective of two independent game developers. And they review games. They give games away during their live recordings. They record Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash doom ninja podcast. So that's nice that they moved to Mondays so we could have Tuesdays back. Hi-o! They also speak of the trials and tribulations of being indie developers. It's a very good podcast. Last night they gave away The Witness. I loved The Witness. I loved The Witness. Why don't you marry it? I would marry The Witness if I was not already married. Okay, that's fair. And then on, what else should we promo? I don't know. How about the Starling Tribune? Starling Tribune is an Arrow podcast, and you can catch season five edition, Arrow Capuzon. I don't know how to say that. Number 145. This week, the Starling Tribune reporters, Stargate Pioneer, Chris and Michelle, discuss the series redefining Arrow episode, Capuchin. I don't know how to pronounce this at all. Tune in to find out how the reporters try to define the change while in shock. Plus a look at shirtless Steven. Hashtag shirtless Steven and even. I want to know how they try to define how to friggin' pronounce this episode. It's K-A-P-I-U-S-O-N. Well, it's it it's kind of not fair to you because it's spelled differently in the two different fields, so it's kind of not fair for you the to I is, have to try to. The vowel order is the same. There's an H in but one. The and vowel order is the same. But it's still I U S. It's just that one is S O N, the other is S H O N. So I don't know. It's Capuchon, Capuchon. It's copy cup. Or Capuchin, or it's a, it could be anything. Okay, really. it's, it's Capuchin, according to well, it's got the H, so I'll fix that so they got the H there. Capu Capuchin, but, but P- I do like that you fix the copy on all of these as we read them. <laughs> uh, it happens every single week. You catch typos and fix them on the copy, so that's pretty hilarious. It's literally every single week. You find I used something. to be a proofreader. I'm. I'm just. I'm. I googled how to pronounce this this word, and it's just not happening. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Check it's, out the Arrow podcast. Yeah. There's other geeky podcasts at GunnyGeekNetwork.com. Do you know that the final that the the 
Final Fantasy fourteen show is like on Netflix now. Already? Yeah. Do you remember hearing about that? It's going to be like a. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. Like I, I think it's it's going to be on Netflix, or either it's on Netflix or it's going to be on Netflix. Actually, I don't know if you and I talked about it, but I talked about it on the official com show when I guest hosted. Yeah, it is, and it's called. It's called. I'm sorry. Final Fantasy has this awful tradition of having really weird names now. Is it called Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen? The Aristocrats. It's called Final Fantasy fourteen. Dad of Light. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny, but it's uh, yeah, it's Dad of Light. So that's uh, go watch that because it looks real good. What is it? What does that even mean? What does that mean? The premise of the show is it's about a father and his kid bonding while playing Final Fantasy XIV. The Dad of Light. Okay. That's actually an appropriate name for the premise. It sounds so bad when you just... Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I'm. You know what? I'm going to read us out. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode, and leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on wgnradio.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us. Also, can you, you can't, we don't get hosted on Signal FM, right? It's just uh, something where we're, they provide services to podcasts. Yeah, correct. Right now, you can just kind of check out this one experimental-ish right. episode of ours that's on there. But it's not it's something hosted. I don't know if that's a thing they're going to offer in the future. I don't know their full business plan and, and all the features and services that they're going to offer at all points in time. And as a startup, I'm sure that kind of thing changes regularly anyway. Like, this wasn't the capability they discussed with me last summer. So, sure. you know, companies companies grow and expand and fall Fall and fall and fall and, and, and fall. Con- and contract and then expand and then contract again. Is that what giving birth is like? Something like that. Uh, I am going to go get 30 eggs. It's time for dinner. Dinner.